All right, you guys can find your way back to your seats here. Mike, I need my book there, if you would please give that to me. So now there is a, there's a method to my madness here. Uh, you guys did great. The green team was the first one done, so we'll give the green team a little round of applause. So what I want to do this morning is we're just going to kind of work our way through these, uh, through these figurines uh, that we have here. And I think there's something that we can learn from each one of these characters that happens to be in uh, the nativity uh, scene. So uh, we're gonna, this is going to take some audience participation. We're not going to run mics, so you're just going to have to be awfully loud. But let's start off with the angel. Let's see the hands of the people who found an angel. All right, there's one. All right, very good. So now let me ask you this question about the angels. What do we know about angels? Go ahead. Messengers from God, very good. What else do we know about angels, Sarah? Uh, God's spirit is in the angels, very good. How about anybody else? Yes, the kind family. Oh, they could be scary, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, when they show up, there is fear. Go ahead, what do we know about angels? Uh, they, they are able to come and tell you what's going to happen in the future, that's a good point. What's the difference between angels and us, young kime? Well, there's so many of them. <laughs> Number three kime. Okay, well, I, I don't know that I can comment on that, okay? But, but angels are different than humans, and we need to make sure that we understand that because, you know, a lot of times you'll go to, like, a funeral service, someone passes away, and they're like, the person got their wings or they became an angel. That, that's, that's, that's the kind of teaching that you would learn from a pastor down in Ecuador who has no theological training right now. So, okay, so just to let you know that the angels, they're, they're superior to humans in power. They're superior to humans in, in knowledge. We don't become angels when we die and go to heaven. But there are two things that the angels did do when Christ was born. And let's look at them. We've got a slide here. Uh, Luke 2, 8 to 14. So, uh, I'm going to need a reader. Pastor Paul, I'm going to use the purple microphone here. So I'm going to need someone to read. Come on up here, kiddo, real quick. We don't want to keep everybody here all day. So read right into the microphone, will you? Luke 2, 13, 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Excellent job. So when we look at this here, we find a couple things. First of all, uh, there's an angel. They, they appear to the shepherds. There, there's one angel initially. It's, we don't know exactly which one it is. It's probably Gabriel. But he appears to the shepherds and lets them know that, hey, the Christ child has been born. Then all the angels show up. And what do they do? They're praising God. They're glorifying God. So that's one of the things. So when you look at one of these nativity sets and you see the angel, the first thing that should come to your mind is, is that 
they were there to glorify God. And so we, too, exist to glorify God. So that's the idea. When you think angel, you think glory, you think we're here to glorify God, to lift God up. Okay, number two, let's look at Mary. Here's our little Mary. Let's, oh, yes, that's a, so who had Marys? There's one, anybody, there was another Mary. There was another Mary. Anybody have the Mary over here? Can't remember. Oh, right, oh, oh, there you go. Your hand was down low. So what do we know about Mary? You gotta just kind of shout this out. Go ahead, sweetheart. She was a virgin. We'll let your mom and dad explain that to you at home, all right? That's not going to get explained from the pulpit. What else do we know? Go ahead. She was engaged to to someone who was probably older than her. Yeah, for sure. We don't know exactly how old he was, but he was definitely believe he was older than her for sure. Go ahead. She's visited by an angel. What do we know about Go go ahead, uh, Barb. She's the mother of Jesus. What do we know? Absolutely. That's going to be the, the next part to this. The other thing we're missing is she was probably a pretty young teenager here. So, you know, this is a, it's probably like a 13 or 14-year-old person that God is actually showing up to here. But uh, absolutely, we're going to read this. Uh, Luke 1 35 to 38. I need a reader from over here. Who wants to come and read this? Come on. We'll be here all day if we don't. Ella, you going to read? Come on, Ella. Ella, you look lovely today. There you go, Ella. Right into the micro. Put it right up by your lips there. Look, Luke. There, we got to turn it like this. You got to oh. right like that. Closer. There you go. Luke 1, 35 through 38. And the angels answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy, uh, Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also covenant son and this is the sixth month with her who was called brother barren for not nothing will be impossible with god and mary said behold i am the servant of the lord let it be to me to according to your word and the angel departed from her very good ella thank you very much now, there was something when she read that I, I hadn't even thought about before, but I just kind of want to point it out. For nothing will be impossible with God. You know, we all got together uh, as family and friends and stuff like that, and, you know, not all of our families are all squared away, all right? That's just the reality of it, right? I mean, we got, we got struggles, we've got, you know, lots of problems in families, and sometimes we think those problems will never, ever get fixed, and this angel comes along and tells Mary, you know what? There's nothing that is impossible with God. Nothing. I mean, if, if, I can, if the Holy Spirit can come upon a woman and she can become pregnant when she's never been with a man, and God can pull that off, he can pull anything off. That's a huge thing. But, but Laura touched on this. You, you've got, 
Mary, and, and what she, she hears this incredible story. Like, God's basically showing up. Uh, by the way, Mary, I just want to let you know, I'm going to wreck your world for a little bit. And, and what does Mary say? Mary comes and she says, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So when you look at, at Mary, what you're going to realize is what? That she trusted God despite her fear. So when you go and look at the nativity set one day and, and you see Mary, you can think to yourself, that person, Mary, no, well, not the person in the figure, but Mary from 2,000 years ago, she trusted God in the midst of great fear. Okay, so let's go to Joseph. Who, here's our little Joseph guy here. Who had Joseph? All right, there was a Joseph. There was a Joseph. Oh, the Josephs were all congregated over here and back over there. All right. So we already talked a little bit about Joseph, but what other things do we know about Joseph? Anybody can shout it out. What do you know about Joseph? He was a boy. Very good. All right, what else do we know, Laura? He was a carpenter, right? What else do we know? Yeah, he's like, whoa, you're going to have a baby. I was not involved in this. I don't know that I'm signing up for this gig, right? Yeah, and, and what else? See, he found out that horrible news. Go ahead, back there, sweetheart. He had a dream, that's exactly right. He obeyed God. That's exactly right. So his life gets wrecked. He's got this perfect idea for what marriage is going to be like and, and how things are going to be. And, and his life gets shattered, basically. And, and we know he's honorable, too. And I think that's something that gets missed a lot of times. You know, as men, we're called to be honorable. You know, he could have very easily kicked Mary to the curb, he could, have, he could have thrown her underneath the bus, whatever. But he did, even though, you know, what, what it appeared to him was, was a, a sin against him, when it really wasn't, but that's what it appeared like, he, he could have really made her life miserable. And instead, he acted honorable. But the, ultimately, what we see is you've got Joseph here. And let, let's, let's bring up uh, the Bible verse here. All right, need another reader. Come on up. Come on, bud. You're good. Come to the stage right up here. Who knows? You may be doing this one day, man. You never know. This will be the first time. Come on up. You want to read that? Right there on your lips. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in, his, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conce conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Great job, buddy. Dad, was that your cell phone ringing? It was my mother's cell phone ringing in the midst of, oh, it was my father's cell phone ringing in the midst of this. 
I'll tell you a quick little aside story. You know, we lived with them for three months earlier this year when my mom was recovering from being really sick. And uh, my dad had set his cell phone to sound exactly like the house doorbell. It drove me insane. So he finally changes it now to sound like a regular telephone ringing. <laughs> but he doesn't know how to use the mute, obviously. So, But I love you still, Dad. But here, yeah, he, he does what the Lord commanded. So when you see Joseph, he's what? He's obedient. He actually does what God tells him to do. So here we have, quick review. When you see the angel, what are we supposed to think about? One word, glory. Very good. When you see Mary, she's going to remind us that what? We are to trust God. And then finally, when we see Joseph, we need to what? We need to do what? We need to obey God, all right? So those are pretty simple things from there. Okay, next one is going to be the lamb. Now, I've got an issue with the folks at Fisher-Price. Uh, they didn't provide any shepherds. I, I don't understand that. I mean, shepherds are always getting the raw deal because they were typically looked down upon in society. And obviously, the product manager at Fisher-Price doesn't like shepherds. But we've got a lamb, so we're going to kind of pretend that the shepherd was uh, involved in this. Now, who had shepherds? Or who had the sheep, I should say? There was a sheep. There was a sheep. Any more sheeps? One back here. All right. And one right there. Okay. So sheep have shepherds. What do we know about shepherds? We know shepherds were looked down upon by the people. What else do we know about shepherds? Yes. You got to say it a little bit louder. They were afraid of the angels. Yes, ma'am? You had the same thing? Okay. Go ahead, Beth. Yep, after the angels left, they went to find them. Go ahead back here. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. They, could, yeah, that's they were probably actually trying to save a buck at Fisher Price is what they were really doing, but... I like how you tie that in there. What else do we know? Anything else that we know about uh, these shepherds? Yes, ma'am. They watched sheep. Yeah, that was the exact one I was looking for. Is they watched and they took care of sheep. And when the angels go to them, they want the angels want. Uh, the shepherds to let people know about Jesus. Now, this is an interesting thing. Why in the world, if you wanted people to know about Jesus, why would you go to people who are looked down upon by everybody else? That's completely counterintuitive. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you typically, you think you'd go to someone who's important to, to let other people know about them. But that's not the way that God works. God works with those who are lowly and despised and looked down upon. So uh, basically, God has provided Jesus for them. He's provided him for us. So now let's look at Luke 2. Need another reader? Come on quickly. Dun, dun. Come on. Oh, come on, Mav. Get up here, man. Move it. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Quick. Hiding in the sound booth. Here he comes. Very good, Mav. All right, right close. Keep it close and read it. When the angels went. Hold on, hold on. We got to do it like this. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the 
shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing bring that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made they may know known the saying that had been told them considering this child and all who deserved it wandered, wondered at what the shepherd told them. Great job, buddy. Good job, Mav. Yeah. A couple things that just stuck out to me as I'm looking at it. They, they went with what? Haste. They didn't delay. God showed up or the angel showed up, told them what they were supposed to doing. Unlike many of us, when God puts something on our hearts, we know that we're supposed to do it. Many of us delay. These guys go with haste. And at the end here, it says, and all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. So when you look at these shepherds, what you need to think about is not only did they tell Mary about what was happening, affirming to her what God had already said, but they told other people what was happening. And so as, as followers of Christ, that's one of our responsibilities is to share the gospel, the good news, with other people. All right, now we're going to move on to the wise guys. I mean, the, the wise men. Now, who had, there's, there's, there were multiple guys here, so we should have a lot of hands. So who had the wise men? All right. Okay, so what do we know about wise men? Uh, we'll start over here and we'll work our way. Yes, ma'am, what do we know about wise men? Bingo, very good. That's right. So our, our nativity scene is really not completely accurate because those guys weren't there when Jesus actually got born. And I'll tell you an interesting thing. Over the years, I can't tell... Many times people have uh, sent me emails, hey, Pastor Mike, you know that nativity set that you've got over there by Bongo's office? The shepherds are there. They shouldn't be there. And I'm like, I know, but that's what a volunteer set up, so I'm good with it. So, All right, what else do we know? you got to say it loud, sweetheart. Oh, they, they were looking in the sky, stargazers? Yeah, that's exactly right. They were like astronomers. They were looking in the sky for signs. What else do we know? Go ahead. They brought gifts with them. Very good. What do we know about the gifts? Girls, you know what the gifts were? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And from gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we end up thinking that we had how many shepherds? Or wise men. Yeah, what am I saying? I'm confusing myself. How many wise men? We th yeah, that's where people have come up with the three wise men. We have no idea. There could have been one. Well, there couldn't have been one because it's plural. But it could have been two. It could have been 20. Who knows? But they show up. They show up later. All right. And where do they go first? Who knows where they go first? Go ahead. Well, they, they, yeah, they were looking. That's where they're going to find Jesus is Bethlehem. But where do they go first? Uh, hold on. I'm looking for someone who I haven't called on. Yes, ma'am. Where did he go? They went to King. Do you remember the king's name? 
King Herod. He went to King Herod. Where was he at? Do you know what city he was at? Go ahead. Jerusalem. Yep. He goes to the city of Jerusalem. King Herod is like, whoa, I didn't know that there was another king born. I need to find this king. You got to tell me where he's at because what was Herod's plan? Go ahead back there. What did Herod want to do? He wanted to, did she say kill the baby? Yeah, he wanted to kill the baby because he didn't want anybody to go up against his throne. So this is what happens with the shepherds. After the king says, hey, uh, tell me where they're at, and they kind of play a little bit dumb and stuff like that. Uh, Pat, bring up that next verse here. Matthew chapter 2, we got a reader. Come on up here, kiddo. We're well insured. All right, just like that, all right? Matthew 2, 9 through 11. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They, then they, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Very good. Thank you very, very much. You did a great job. So the main point that I want to show you here is when the wise men showed up, what did they do when they saw Jesus? What do these guys do? Young time. Got to say it louder. Yeah, they fell on their knees and worshiped him. And these were, were, these guys weren't Jews or anything like that. You know, they, they came from a far distant land. And when they finally encountered the true God of the universe, their response was to worship. And so the main point is that, that when we actually recognize who Jesus is, our response is to worship him. Okay, next one is going to be the Colt, it's that little guy there. That who had the Colts? Who picked the not the football team? All right, there was a Colt. Beth had a Colt. Any other Colts around? Oh, back here. All right. So now, what I want to do here, I, this is a little bit of a stretch. Okay, so just give me some space here with this. But there, there's nothing in the Bible that tells us that there was a Colt at the manger at the time of Jesus's birth. Now, we can assume there was one there because, what, Jesus is, is put amongst a bunch of animals because there was no room at the end, whether, whether that was like a, a barn in the back or whether that was the lower level of a house where they kept the animals in the night. We're, we're really not sure, but we can assume that there was a cult there. And, but the Bible doesn't tell us about the specific cult. But the Bible does tell us about a cult, and I want to look at this real quick. So Matthew 21, we're going to learn about a cult encounter with Jesus. Need another reader? Did do you read yet? Not yet. Come on up then. Very good. I'm looking for hands as fast as I can find them. Hello there. 
Keep it just like this, all right? I'll come on up here all the way so you don't fall to your death. Matthew 21, 7 through 9. The disciples. The disciples brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and Jesus sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Very good job. Excellent job. So now the point that I want to show you from this cult is very, very simple. That the cult actually served Jesus. So when we look at one of these little cults, serve Jesus in a very practical way. And as Christ followers, we're called to, to be servants and to serve. So when you see the manger scene and you see the cult, you can be reminded that we have both the, the privilege and the responsibility to serve Jesus in all that we can do. So there's this point about serving Jesus. All right, now we're going to move on to the donkey cart. And uh, I don't want to focus on the donkey here. There's something in the cart that I want to focus on. What do you think's in the cart that would be a good focus? Sarah, what do you think? The fish. Now, why do you think the fish would be a good thing to focus on? Okay, he reminds us as God serves as our king. Very good. Yes, sir, go ahead. It's, it's food. We need it to provide. Was there another hand right in here? I'm going to, sweetheart, I'm going to come to you in just one second here. Let me just see. Uh, hold on. You guys have answered. The, the right section over here is kind of, kind of a little uh, not helpful here. So come on, give me some help here. What, what would be, what, when you think of a fish and Jesus, what comes to your mind? Yes, Addie. Bingo, when he feeds the 5,000, right? So as soon as I look at that cart and I see that fish, it makes me think of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So, Addie, you come on up here. I'm going to voluntold you. It's all right. And you can keep this right here. Read it right like this. This is a long one, all right? So... Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is, a, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to the heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. The, and then they all ate and were satisfied. Thank you, Addie. Now, so this is, 
Jesus feeding the 5,000. So uh, Jesus is going on to the other side of a lake. He's in a desolate place. People find out that he's there. 5,000 men show up there. Who knows how many ladies were there, how many children were there. We're talking probably, there was probably 10,000 people at this place at the time. And uh, Jesus basically teaches all day. And at the end of the day, the disciples discover that the people are hungry. And what do the disciples do? Which I think is very interesting here. What do they do? Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, you're on your own. Pat, can you go back to that, please? There you go. Desolate place, day is over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. This is, this is the, the classic Christian turning his back on those who are in need. This is what's going on here. And, and, and they're doing it in front of Jesus, which is very interesting. And then Jesus comes along and tells them what? What does Jesus say? Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, they don't need to go. Why, why do these guys need to leave? And then he says something very, very interesting, which we should all burn into our brains. And Sheila, can you tell us what, what Jesus tells them? You give them something to eat. Now, what's going on in, in the disciples' minds? They're like, dude, we got nothing. How are we going to do this? What, what is supposed to, to happen here? They say, we've got five loaves here and two fish. And then Jesus says, Bring them to me and let me blow your minds about what I can do with people who are totally sold out to me. And he goes and he multi the fish multiply as they're going, basically. The disciples are the ones who are actually distributing it. And the main point that I want you to think about here is when you see a Fisher Price nativity set that's got a donkey cart with a fish in, which not all the obviously other nativity sets are going to have, I want you to think of this thing, that not only are we called to serve Jesus, we're called to serve Jesus' people. That's our responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility. The poor, the brokenhearted, the, 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 the overlooked of our world, this is our responsibility. It's ultimately not the government's responsibility. It's not somebody else's responsibility. And that's one of the things that I, I love about our church family. We, this crazy church family. And, and, you know, Mike Bongo is the one who gets to see this probably more than anybody else in the wild generosity of our church family, serving people constantly. It's just an amazing thing. So now I've told you all of these things, and it's a lot to think about. We've got angels remind us what to, to glorify God. Okay, Mary reminds us what to trust God. Joseph reminds us to do what? Obey God. Very good. The shepherds remind us that we're supposed to do what? Tell others about Jesus, right? The wise men show us about seeking out Jesus, and when we find him, to worship him. The cult reminds us that we're what to do what to, to, for Jesus is to serve him. And the donkey cart told us what? That we are to serve others. And that's a lot to do. And if you're like me, you probably struggle with doing all of that. 
And it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all of that and get discouraged by all of that because many times we think we need to do all of that for God to love us. And that's the way a lot of people in this world live. They think they need to do, 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 do in order for God to love us. And that's one of the biggest lies in the world is that we have to do things for God to love us. The truth is, we can't do anything to make God love us. God loves us, why? Because he loves us. And we do, why? Because we love him. The doing is always in response to the love that God has first shown us through Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that. We're going to fail along the way. We're going to blow things along the way. There are going to be people that, that we should have served, that we don't serve. And a lot of times we'll go through life thinking, you know, God's just going to crush me because I've done that. But the reality is there is another character in the manger scene. Pat, you want to bring that one up? And it's Jesus. He's the center of it all. And he is the one who has already done all the things that we're supposed to do. He's the one who has fully satisfied God. He's the one that, that is completely righteous, and it is, is because of his righteousness that we can be righteous, because we can't be righteous on our own. And so there's a final verse uh, that I want to put up here, and I want us to, to just burn this into our minds so, Mike, why don't you uh, go ahead and read this for us? And you're going to translate it into Spanish, too. <laughs> See you do it. Go ahead. Do it in Spanish and then English. Okay. Chris will do it in Spanish. Oh, Chris can do it in Spanish. <laughs> no, okay. Um, por, por gracias ha sido salvo por la fe. Um, este, uh, es un, no es de vosotros, es el regalo de Dios. No como resulta de obras para que nadie se jacte, se gloríe, uh, porque somos uh, su, su obra, uh -huh, creados en Cristo Jesús para buenas obras que Dios preparó de antemano para que andamos en, en ellos. Okay, so the so, speakers, was he close? So, more or less, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if there is one thing that we take away from today, other than all the fun and, and those little one-liners, is this. Jesus has done this. Jesus is the one who has earned our salvation. There is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to make him love us. He has chosen to love us. And, and, the, and we receive that love through grace that ultimately plays out when we place our faith and trust in him. And so uh, as we prepare to leave this place, I, I pray that that 
is what you will remember today. Amongst all of those things that we're called to do, which are important to do, Jesus has done the most important thing. He is the one who has earned our salvation. So uh, let me pray, and we will do do a closing. Uh, We'll take the offering and then sing a closing song. So, Lord God, thank you for uh, this time that we could come together and we could have some fun. And thank you for, uh, Lord, the folks in this church family and the folks who are at home, dear God, uh, for... Uh, Lord, just the way that that they love uh, one another, the way that they love you. And I pray, dear Jesus, that as we come into this new year, uh, Lord, that you would embolden all of us to uh, demonstrate, uh, Lord, our love for you and our love for others. Lord, thank you for the offering that we are about to take. Uh, We pray, Heavenly Father, these resources would be used uh, for your glory and your glory alone. Uh, Lord, this has been an incredible year financially at Living Water. You have blessed us beyond measure. Lord, we are so very grateful for that. Lord, would you help us to continue to be a generous people because you are the one and only true generous God. And it's through his sons, your son's name we pray. Amen.